Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Logan, Tara, and the priestess sit in the circular dining room of Lyoth Hall. It is 6.29 a.m. Too early. Tara senses this to be a running theme in Logan's timing of things. Except this time, he has decided to show up. Logan shifts towards our masked priestess, clad in her elaborate deer masquerade, and she's wearing an incredibly minimalistic yet meticulous pink robe. Seriously, where does she shop? Do I have anything in my teeth, Priestess? Do I? All right, and we are met. It's 6.30 a.m. Why this early? We need to coordinate on the setup for Prophet Day Week Festival. I've got volunteer folks showing up in an hour and need our tri-mandate before we can tell them what to do. We also must touch base on the secondary school send-off and where that lies in planning. Yes, we never want to take the thunder away from our graduates, especially this year. My congratulations to your daughter. Oh, Ellie graduates this week? Good for her. Yes, she's very eager. But concerning Prophet's Day week, we'll begin preparation today, and of course rehearsals are making good leeway. Rehearsals? Yes, Vallis Community Theater puts together a Prophet Day historical play each year. It's gathered quite the interterritorial following. Uh, what? More like historical creative liberties play. I believe they started rehearsals last week. It's looking pretty good. Of course, I'll need to double shift the Central Guardians. And I should call someone to ask about overflow housing. Well, all this for one day? It's a week-long celebration festival based around the singular Prophet's Day. Travelers from other territories will start filling in as early as this coming week. They're a good portion of our spending income. And it's wrought with tradition and meaning for the territory specifically. We celebrate each five days as separate entities with separate duties. 
Of course, thus you will be expected to prepare some words for Temple on Prophet's Day Week Eve. And the actual prophecy on Prophet's Day. Which is? Next Thursday. Next Thursday? As in, not this coming Thursday. Correct. Better. That's better. That gives you 12 days. 12 days to learn how to hear again. That's still enough time, right? Great. Is it? She sure seems to think so. Tara thinks about how great this is so much that the meeting passes much without her mental presence. When Logan wraps his fingers definitively on the table, as he often does at the end of these meetings, Tara is shocked that time has passed. Is this all on our agenda? I believe so. Then let's end this early. No matter when we ended it, it would be ending early because it's we had- It's early. Yeah, we get it. The triad system breaks off into its mutual chunks. The priestess to their temple, Logan to his office, and Tara to her bed. Tara scales the stairwell, yawning. What a nice day to do nothing, she thinks. <sighs> Nap time. Ha ha ha, she thinks. As she approaches her door, she notes the light trickling through the crack. Tara is struck with how unsurprised she is to find her room invaded. Simply, how annoyed. If that sparkling blue lore of Lyoth Hall has chosen to bother her at this hour. Okay, who's there? Up! Tara takes a pause. She hadn't been expecting a response. With some rejuvenated bounce to her step, Tara rushes in to find... Dylan? I'm so sorry, Tara. was unlocked. What are you... Dylan, looking incredibly well put together, stands by her dresser, where half of her broken prophetic staff lays. The other half is being twiddled about in Dylan's hands. Please put that down. Sorry. Sorry. I wanted to see if I could fix it. Did you do anything to it? No, just brainstorming. I was going to try glue, but it's all green in the middle. Yes, it's a prophetic staff. Oh, Tara, I understand that you are stressed, yet no one knows what you mean when you say that. They're specially curated. Look, I appreciate you trying to help, but I've already set aside some time this weekend to figure something out for you. Idea! Follow me. That's needlessly cryptic. Dylan has already zoomed out the door. Tara follows him three doors down to the left, where he screeches to a halt. Who's... It's fine, I'll just... Oop. Nice. Well, okay. Mikhail Lyoth is standing in his doorway, fresh out of bed, vastly underdressed, with a vicious case of bedhead. He seems concerned to see the prophetess and his father's secretary at his door at 6.54 a.m. Hello? Dylan and Tara? Hey, Mike. Uh... What's up? Us, apparently. Ha ha ha. Hey, Tara's staff broke, and I was thinking maybe you're all, like, maybe all artsy with textiles and stuff, so maybe you could maybe fix it, maybe? I don't know. Uh, can I see it? Dylan and Tara present the two pieces of engraved wood. It's splintered pretty bad. What even happened? It's... Well, it's kind of a long story. Well, while we were at a Fodale, we Tara telling. walked off with someone, and there was screaming, and all of a wait, sudden- Wait, 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 you were attacked? No. Well, not by, like, a folk, more yeah, of, like- Yeah, it was, like, a... something else. Okay. Are you okay? Oh, yeah, I just- Yeah, she's fine. Much, she just but... needs- Dil, Dil, can you just- This is Tara's thing, and what you're doing is not- Right, yeah. I'll, totally, I'll stop. Sorry, Tara. It's totally fine. Sorry, Tara. It's fine. 
Just, is there anything we can do? Mikhail takes the two broken pieces. He looks one over, then the other. We can try glue? No, that wouldn't work. Wood glue? No. Mm, We could try wrapping it with... I've been spending this whole week trying things. Let's just assume I've tried everything. I'm just confused as to why it wouldn't work. Could you please explain? I Totally. Of course. It's a prophetic staff, which means it's alive. Like a plant? Yes. They're grown specifically for us to use. It's a traditional thing, and we kind of only get one. Tara indicates to the shattered center where a soft green tendril is slowly recoiling into rotten brown. I need to get it fixed fast so it doesn't die. And I can't let it die, because it's a traditional artifact of the Prophet and it's important for the work. Ah, the stakes make more sense now. Do you have to water it? Water my staff? I don't know, but like, if it's living like a plant, wouldn't it need- I mean, I take it everywhere and it rains sometimes, so it's not never getting wet. So it's like a succulent. Yeah, but it isn't a succulent. So, like, what is it then? It's, it's a prophetic staff. Maybe that's I don't why know. it broke so easily. It didn't break easily. I just can't do anything to fix it if it's alive. You know, you'd need like a—I don't even know. Wait, like, like a plant folk, a botanist? Actually, yeah. A what? A botanist. There's someone who works medicinally and holistically through plants. I just didn't find any on the Vallis directory, so I figured there weren't any. My mom's one. Oh, right. She's also a naturopathic caregiver, so folks come for her for anything. Arms broken? Go see Gwenda. Your plant might be dead? Go see Gwenda. She sounds lovely. Let's go see her. Where is she? She's at the causeway. It's about a two-hour drive one way. Isn't there a circle? No. The train's too different to find a seven-stone alignment. We'd have to drive. Well, do you have your license back? No. Then how would we get there? Well... Dylan looks at Mikhail. Mikhail looks at Tara. Then Tara looks at Dylan. Dylan looks at Tara. Tara looks at her staff. Mikhail looks at Dylan. Oh, me? Do you want me to take you? Yeah, maybe. Do you have school today? It's Saturday, so no. Could you? Like, right now? Uh, yeah, sure. Great. Thanks. I've, well, I'm going to put clothes on, so could y'all meet me downstairs in, like, 20? Yes, totally. Thanks, Mike. Ooh, I'll bring bagels. Ellie is already up, sitting in front of her open computer once again, a long document in front of her. Still chipping away at her speech, it seems. Did she just wake up, or did she never sleep? Ah, Dune's alarm. This is typical of Ellie's earlier mornings. Dune attempts these as well, but it manifests more in the same alarm being muted and then resounding every few minutes, until Ellie loses her cool completely. Mikhail takes a breather at the top of the stairs, and... Knocks on his little sister's door. Come in. Hey, Elle. Yeah? Darkness seeps from under her eyes, and 
her shoulders hold a certain level that asks Mikhail not to ask her about how she's doing. A cue he's grateful for. He was just about to do that. I'm gonna take Tara to the causeway. We're gonna see if Dylan's mom can fix her staff. You'll miss decoration day, though. Dad usually has you do the preliminary interviews with him. I know, but I'll, I'll be able to help with the rest of the week. Besides, I think you've always wanted to do it, right? A little. Hey, can Tara borrow a sun cloak? Why? Oh, right, no shade in the causeway. Uh, yeah, totally. Ellie sifts through the pale, natural tones of her closet and debates between two different styles. She chooses the latter one, a pale pink number that ruffles at the ends. Here. Thanks. You doing okay? Yep. Okay. Oh, why set alarms if you're just going to keep snoozing it? Must get that from Dad. Ellie, with as much control as she can harbor, knocks politely on the wall. Sorry, It's, it's just a day trip, right? Totally. We'll be back in time for dinner. Okay. It's your night to cook, right? What are you going to make? I don't know. I'm just going to make food, Mikey. Okay. Uh, well, bye. I love you. Bye. I love you. Duna! Stop setting your alarms early when you don't have a life! Your alarms early when you don't Did you stop it? Yes. Because if I hear it again, I'm coming in there. Okay, now it's off. Mikhail heads down to clean out his back seat. Dylan forges the kitchen for some bagels. He finds three and fishes through the fridge for bagel condiments. He knows Mike likes peanut butter. Dylan likes cream cheese. <laughs> but Tara? Dylan doesn't know Tara's bagel preferences. Nor her allergies, so he can't just try something. An avocado, perhaps. He throws one in, goes through the cabinets for a cooler, and casts the bagels and containers inside. He drops in a knife. There. Dylan feels helpful. He feels good. No ailments or aches or pains. No fever. No nothing except the mild exhilaration of a spontaneous road trip to see his gal pal and mother, Gwendoline. Tara, back in her room, wraps the two pieces of her staff with great care and packs the parcel into her dismal satchel. She throws on a scarf and says a quick prayer. I need this fixed, so please help. And I really need a prophecy next week, so, uh, that too. And, uh, thanks. She waits. For a little teeny bit. And tired of it, she walks away. This is Tara's first time outside of the Valley of Valis since she arrived. And this is our first time. Period. You nervous? Excited? 
little bit of both. Tara sits passenger seat. Dylan's opted for the center cushion in the back and leans in between Mikhail and Tara. Tara juggles between staring aimlessly into the rocky grass fields on the outskirts of Valis and prodding at different features of Mikhail's car. What's this button do? Oh, that's a seat warmer. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'd keep it pretty low. It gets spicy real fast. Mmm, spicy. Oh, we have breakfast. Tara, I brought an avocado. In case you're like an avocado toast folk. Is that just a whole avocado? I brought a knife. Thank you, Dylan. Tara decides to save it for later. So what's it like over there? What's the plan? We'll go straight to the botanical therapy center that my mom runs. It's so interesting that the causeway has one and the main territory doesn't. Well, we have you. And it's the only health care that the causeway has, so it's basically like a hospital, too. A hospital slash plant store. Sounds like my kind of hospital. Sounds like my kind of plant store. <laughs> what does that even mean, y'all? And suddenly, the ground is white and the sky is large. The sun roasts the sparkling ground that for a moment could be the ocean. But it's too calm, too steady and low and white. One could mistake this for a sea of snow. Or dandruff if you use store brand shampoo. Salt flats. Yep. Far in the distance, we see the road fork. One path continues into the distance, onwards, pressed up against the craggly mountains. The other branch is right, and zooms right into salt flats on a raised peninsula. Stopping a mile in, where a settlement peppers this raised platform of dirt and rocks on the expanse of flat. A train pierces the rocky cliff where they had come. Why couldn't we take that here? Oh, it's just for hauling stuff. And some of the miners. How's that whole system work? We mine the salt here, pack the cubes as is on a salt train, and ship it into the territory for processing. That's a lot of resources. Salt is one of Valis's main financial outputs. So the causeway is a part of Valis? It's an outskirt to the overarching territory. So yes, it is. An integral part of the territory of Valis. I, yeah, it is. I wasn't trying to, I'm sorry. I know, it's okay. Just informing. Totally, thank you. Hey, so wait, what's the whole Prophet Day historical play thing? It's gonna be so good. I'm stage magic for it. No way. Yeah, I've been helping with the set. Do I know anyone in it? Naya is. Aww. And Dune is a... Dune's in it, and it's iconic. No spoilers. Also, Agnes's fiancé. Oh, that Rourke guy? Uh, yeah, he's the prophet. What about... Oh, it's not mine. Oh. Mikhail reaches for his pocket and plucks out his phone. Oh, it's just my... Oh, no. You good? Uh... He reads the alarm band once more. Meds, 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 my boy. He silences it and drops the phone in a cup holder. Hey, it's fine. You will be okie dokie. Right, Mike? Right? Right? Right. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, yes. Oh, was that like your wake up alarm? Hello. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just need to take it slow. No inciting incidents. No potential conflicts. As little stressors as you can get. Mike? Mm. 
radio, could we? Yes, totally. This would, of course, be easier if this weren't the type of story it currently is. Let's check back in with the fam. The hall is being decorated. It mills with life, and the Lyoth family radiates a cordial spirit as helpers and volunteers mill about, hanging up lights and unfolding chairs and dusting tables that don't normally get dusted. In the center of this peaceful chaos, Logan and Luciana stand on the main stairwell overlooking it all. It's a coffee break. Without the starting part. Where's Dylan? He went with Tara to the causeway. He left a note on our door. Why does she keep taking my secretary? Because I keep Agnes busy with real work. Ellie waltzes down the stairs, the sleep powdered from her eyes with an undetectably insane amount of concealer. Hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. Just to let you know, Mikey went with Dylan and Tara to the causeway, so that means I can do the preliminary Profit Day week interviews with you if you need someone to do it still. I don't have a problem with it, really, uh, if you need someone. Makes me feel better. Mikhail knows the causeway pretty well. I mean, Dylan grew up there, so he'd be fine regardless. I mean, totally. Yes. D- did you... Did you hear the second part of what I said? Ellie is quickly followed by Dune, who's throwing a callback to his roots in a bathrobe, and hey look, shorts, which are shorter than his actual boxers, which are a stunning shade of violet. I'm not late. I'm not late. I'm ready to help. You'll be ready to help when you put on real clothes. What? These aren't like a mirage. I'm comfy. Besides, this is our house. There's been a soft change in volunteer staff. We may need to send you out on errands. Oh, dip, I didn't know. BRB. Dune runs back up the stairs. I thought we had errands covered. And now we'll have a covered sun, too. Eller rushes down the stairs, embarked in his distribution jumper. He passively watches a folk on a ladder. Eller, can you help them with the chairs in the conference room? Nope, I work early today, gotta prep for a causeway run. Finally getting on the train yourself! Exciting! Yep, I'm thrilled. When is that? This evening. Funny. Unfolding chairs doesn't take that long. When will you be back? Tomorrow afternoon, after we process the new blocks. Who are you going with? I don't know. Eller spots Agnes in that unfolding chair parade. Yeah, I can do chairs. How charitable. Eller doesn't even grace that with a response. He's already across the corridor and easily slides next to Agnes, who's finishing off a stack. She looks incredible, stunning, beautiful, lovely. Hey. Uh, hey. I don't have time right now. Oh, I don't either. Okay, great. I'm going on my first causeway run. Oh yeah? That's fun. Yeah, it is. Kinda. I'm the first intern to get to do it. They think I'm really promising. Congrats. I'm going to take these to storage. Do you need help? No, I got it. Okay. Uh, Well, I should head over to work. Okay. Okay. Bye. I... Oh, no. You what, Eller? I, uh... You what, Eller? Gotta go. You said that. Dune is back. Okay. Okay. Dad, did you have, like, a time that you scheduled for the interviews? We got work to do, kiddos. Ellie, could you go to my office and grab the past year's binder so I can see what needs to get done today? On it. Love you. Put me to work. Uh, how about... Run this to there, but... Oh, twinkle lights. 
okay, yeah. We need someone to ring up the vendors we're working with for the PDW market. I can do that. I already have you doing the other thing, Agnes. Yep. Dune's gonna put up those lights, and he's gonna do it so good that you'll rue the day. Tara, Mikhail, and Dylan have arrived. The causeway running through the salt flats stretches before them, lined with buildings which emerge from the causeway pebbles, glistening, fabricated from shaved blocks from the flats. Some are tall ovals and others are squat squares. Lanterns, painted refreshingly dark tones, line the lonely central street, stretching into the vantage point. Folks mill about, shadowed by a multicolor of pale linen sun cloaks. They fan up and out at a slight angle at the neck, hiding chins. Dylan majestically swings his orange one over his shoulders and flips up the hood. Mikhail follows suit with his lavender number and offers Ellie's pink one to Tara. Tara clumsily follows suit, struggling with the fabric folds. Dylan evens her out after it's all buttoned up and ready to go. Botanical therapy is the eighth building on the left. They walk, gaining some looks, but not too many interested ones. Tara's a bit glad that the sun cloak hides her hair. The staff shards cradled in her arms hold most of her attention. This it? Yep. Tara disappears directly inside. Mikhail follows, but is caught by a delighted gasp from Dylan. <gasps> They've got coconut chips? That's so cool. Oh, neat. Dylan, of course, buys some. He tries a couple and, mm, that's so good. But, as a boy of chivalry, Dylan offers some of his snack to Mikhail, who watches Dylan in this moment, suddenly and immediately awkwardly recalling the pages of Tara's journal he had seen. They mentioned Dylan, right? Seeing something? Dylan watches Mikhail back, expectantly, like a puppy balancing its treat on its nose. Mike? Nah, thanks. More for me. Num num num. Coconut chips. They join Tara inside the Causeway Botanical Therapy Center. A large, sick room sprawls before them. Most beds in a row filled with folks careened over buckets or burrowing their faces in blankets and pillows. A woman with pulled up hair and a stoic disposition mulls between the sick beds, interchanging buckets. Oh, it's not usually this full. Must be something going around. We haven't heard anything. Weird. Dilly? <gasps> Mommy! Gwenda raises her sickly gloved hands for a hug, then thinks better of it as Dylan turns another shade. She just radiates Dylan's fair share of joy, with a hint of something that intimidates Mikhail specifically. Must be confidence. Right, you and your germs. Oh, look at you. You're so perfectly and wonderfully cute. Did you already get breakfast? What are you doing here? We... Is that Logan Lyoth? You've got some nerve, oh, Chief. Oh, no, not... Oh, Mikhail. Hey, Quenda. Long time no see. She examines his face, his build. She lovingly taps his shoulders. You do look better. And let me guess. Gray hair, big old stick, snapped in two. You're a prophetess in a pickle. Tara, pickle. I mean, yes. I'm Gwenda, Dilly's mom, medical botanist, and hopefully helpful. Tara notes the large room behind them, full of sick beds. What's going on? 
Oh, some sort of sick bug. Folks have been getting suddenly sick the past couple of days. Some of them really bad. Hmm? It's probably not contagious. Oh, probably? There's not a pattern. It could be as simple as water pipes eroding and contaminating the well or something. Huh. So don't drink water. Please drink water. Just perhaps not straight from the well. How long has it been happening? About a week. The sickness normally lasts two to three days, then fades off. Hmm. Are folks getting reinfected? Reinfected? Like one or two have so far. It's incredibly random. So it could be contagious. It's unlikely. But at this point, anything's plausible. We're not under a quarantine law as of the moment because no one from Vallis has contracted symptoms. So for the moment, we figure it's safe for them to travel back and forth. And if one of us does? Well, you'd have to get cozy. Understandable. Dylan seems rather ill at that. Hey, Dill, why don't you go wait for us outside? Brilliant. I love that idea. He ducks out and surveys the scene. Uh, on that bench. I'll be over there on the bench, Tara. Okay. And Dylan, who can barely take this aura of sickness, rushes out. So, the staff. Hand it over. There's some looking it over. Mikhail... Seeing that absolutely none of this applies to him anymore, Moses inquisically passed the curtains and walks the lines of the sick room. So can you fix it? I'll do my best. Let's see it. Tara unwraps her staff shards and lays them on the table. It's got some more unique properties. So just let me know if you need any clarification. What happened? It broke in half. Yes, I can see that, but how? Uh, does that matter? I suppose not. I'm sorry, I I just, I can't let it die. They don't grow them in many places anymore, and this one's really special to me. How long has it been like this? About a week. Hmm. I see you've moisture-wrapped the ends. Good, that's good. Yeah, it's alive on the inside, so it's really, really important that it joins together correctly so that the ends can reattach. I know, I know. You've worked with them? Once. Whose? Helga's. Looked beat up about the same as yours. Sure, I can do about the same thing. Did... Did she tell you what happened? No, like I said, same as you. My headcanon is she used it to whip a lithe asshole into another shape. Not picky on which. <laughs> so, can you fix it? Let's see. Mikhail has strolled down a few rows. There's about 30 folks in here. He estimates that with five more they'd be at capacity. He casts a shy wave to the busy and bustling helpers, a shyer head nod to the sicker folks in the beds. He's sure some of them know exactly who he is. He's sure most of those don't particularly love him at all, and that thought is putting some ice in his veins. Lieth? A folk, incredibly grumpy with sweat, sits up from their bed to appraise him as he drifts past. Mikhail approaches their bedside, head stationed so low between his shoulders. Uh, yeah, I I'm Mikhail. Fucking know that. Air presumptive. What's your name? Kells. Kells. H how are you feeling? <laughs> Bad. I'm sorry. H how long have you been here? Couple of days. Yesterday was the real asshole. At least I can drink water today. Can I grab you some more? If you want. Mikhail spots the pitcher and grabs them a glass. 
He sits at the edge of the bed and hands it to them. Yeah, I haven't been this bad since a bout of food poisoning a while back. Huh. Do you remember if you... Really shouldn't be in contact with the sick folk. On it. Hey, Mike? Yeah? Can you come over here? That the wise woman? Prophetess, yeah. They probably don't want you touching me. Off you go. Could you go check on Dilly? Uh, yeah. Wash your hands first, please. Mikhail washes his hands for 20 seconds with warm soap and water, then reluctantly joins Dylan over there on the bench. Our favorite secretary is sitting with a finished cup that once held coconut snacks inside. He seems troubled, a bit green. He attempts to light back up as Mikhail sits. Hey, uh, what are you doing out here? I got kicked out. Ugh. Yeah, I really can't take being around sick folks, I guess. <laughs> you can ask him now. About the journal thing? How about now, Mike? 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 So... Hey, what? Sorry. No, sorry. What were you yeah, gonna... It wasn't important. Uh, neither was mine. <laughs> Do you want... Oh, I was just... What was that whole car thing about? Huh? Oh, when I picked Tara up? That's a while ago. Yeah... Uh, you heard Logan. I got a little sleepy. Oh. Okay. I mean, why wouldn't I have? I don't know. I, I believe you. I mean... Did Tara say something to you? No, we don't talk much. I just... Did she tell you what happened? Her journal got mixed in with my stuff the other day, and there were some drawings. Of what? Oh, I truly have no idea. It was like a pointy and orange... Orange. What had Naya called it? Monster. Monster? Uh, but on one of the pages, it mentioned you and the car, so I figured, you know, it said that you saw its, uh, that you saw its blood. Dylan's sweating now. His stomach is a knots, and his throat is swelling, and his skin itches. Dylan snaps. I just don't freaking know. There was, but then he, she swung her staff, and there was blood on it, and it was all goopy and pink, and there was tapping on the roof of the car, and something broke in from the outside, and nobody explained it to me. I guess maybe a speedy mountain lion? But now, well, I guess I'm not too sure. Okay, okay, I, I didn't mean to stress you out. I'm not stressed out. I'm fine. Are you? Take an inventory, Dylan. Great day. He's on fire. He's burning. But then again, in this moment, perhaps he is the flame. Are you... I didn't mean to press you on this. It's no big thing. Uh, no, no, it's fine. This isn't... I just don't feel good. Don't feel good like how? My tummy really hurts. Sharp glass sensations in his abdomen. Dylan keels over and... Pain swallows all of the words he knows. Dill. Dill? The thought crosses Mikhail's mind. Did I just kill him? Likely not. However, I think the more important question here is... Uh, um, uh, help! Please, can somebody help? Intermission. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, let's get back to it. The sun is a little lower. It's the afternoon at Lyoth Hall and everywhere else in this time zone. Eller is boarding the salt train at last, a little bit excited. So excited that he thinks he'll text Agnes about it. As he does this, he settles in on the transportation car beside another worker. Hello. Hey, Rourke. Eller, are you going to the causeway right now? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know interns did that. I am. Well, what good company? Company. The train door closes. The engine starts. Oh. Oh. I can tell you everything you need to know over there. Great. Ellie has been in and out of the hall on errands, eyeing her father every now and then, hoping for that folk with the camera to show up and the interviewer so they could do that preliminary interview. So she could finally be the face for the community, and she'd be so good at it too. But none have yet to appear. And Logan seems busy, in the sense of hanging up a multitude of twinkle lights. So Ellie heads out again on more arduous tasks. Dune rushes in. He's been thinking. Hey, how'd the conference room lighting go? Thought it over, Dad. If they left the hall at 7.30, they'd get to the causeway around 9.30. Allow like an hour for them to get settled in, find Dylan's mom, and maybe generously three to get the staff fixed. That would place them leaving around two. Imagine that brain at university. Dad! So they're probably on the road now. But Mike and Dylan's phones aren't getting reception yet, which means they haven't left yet because the reception picks up about 15 minutes out of the causeway. And how do you know that? Because Dylan only gets to talk to Gwenda once a week when she travels to the border for a phone call, which is another issue. An excellent point. Dylan's seeing his mother, which he doesn't get to do very often. They may have resolved to stay a while and drive back a little later. No, they wouldn't, because Mike doesn't like to drive at night. Right. It makes him anxious. Then Dylan could have offered. He doesn't have a license right now. Okay. Okay. I'll call the mining plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Who am I speaking to? Great. Be they. Is this Logan Lyoth? Yep. Hello. Who am I speaking to? Um, <clears throat> uh, Clarence. Do you know if there have been any reports of my son, Mikhail Lyoth, uh, my secretary, and the prophetess at the causeway today? Oh, you mean the wise woman? Yes. Uh, kid kind of splotchy and... Yeah, that's Dylan. Uh, and that Mike guy. Yeah. Are they there? Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen them around. Uh, But I'm on the other side of town right now. What are they saying? Shh. I'll radio up the minor channel on that side and ask. I think some folks went over there for liner. Liner? Oh, like a lunch dinner? Um, can I put you on hold? A folk is, in fact, over there. One by the name of JC, whom we haven't been acquainted with. Not yet. JC is a gentle, causeway-based miner who walks the main strip now, smiling at the way the relentless sun bounces off the flats. They pass by the same booth that had sold Dylan's chips earlier. They offer JC a miner's discount from across the street. No thanks, not a fan. They really aren't. 
it's not personal. Not everyone has to like everything, and the world is honestly a little better for that. Their walkie-talkie awakens. It's JC on the line. Over. Uh, yep. Hey, you, you got an eye on the prophetess and heir presumptive. Uh, Chief says they went to visit Gwenda. Uh, I don't know, but I'm right outside the botanical therapy now. Can you go and check on them? Uh, see if they're still there? Well, sure. JC's always down for a Gwenda sighting. They waltz into what has quickly become a sick ward. Even more folks in here than this morning, it seems. As if a new wave just hit. Oh, Dilly, I'm so sorry. Hmm. Logan Lyeth's peppered secretary lies in a sick bed towards the front, where Gwenda leans over with a cloth pressed to his forehead. Sitting at the edge of the bed is the prophetess, who seems to be rummaging through an incredibly torn-up satchel, and is throwing different ground-up things into a small bowl. Standing at the foot is Logan's son. Hey, Clarence. JC again. Yeah, they're still here. Uh, great. Uh, Chieftain Lyeth wants to know if they're okie-dokie. Uh, hold on a sec. Over. JC shambles over. Hey, everything all right? Mmm. JC, we're a little busy. We just got a, um, uh, oh, we got- Trash can, trash can! Tara lunges for the trash and redirects it under Dylan. Mikhail peels away from the foot of the bed and whisks JC a bit further away. What do you need? Just, uh, I've got the boss on the radio. They're wondering if everything's okay. Back in the hall, Logan and Dune await in growing suspense. Why are they hesitating? What is taking so long? We've got an eye on them. Great. Can you tell them to come on back home? Well, as you know, there's kind of a sick bug going around down here. Uh, what? Huh? What's he saying? Oh, has no one talked to you about this? About what? What's going on? Um, yeah, that Dottie could caught it. Dylan? Uh, caught what? Dylan? What about Dylan? Well, that's what the botanist's in the middle of figuring out. How sick? Is Dylan dying? Shh, I don't know. You don't know? He could be dying. What about Mikhail? Is my son okay? Fuck, is Mike okay? No, he's not. He isn't okay? Sick. I'm saying he's is okay. Is that my dad? Mikhail? Mike? 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 How are you? Are you okay? What? What are they saying? Is, is that Dune? Yeah, are you dying, bro? I'm, I'm not... No, I'm not crying. It's bad service. What? Oh, did you... Wait, fuck about Tara? Did I... What, Tara? What do you want? What? What? I said, what? Okay, out. No, no, wait, I'm sorry. Get out. Dad is on the phone. Suddenly deflated, popped with a rather sharp needle, Dune shuffles out of the room in a state of depressed panic. Okay, I'm back. Can I talk to my dad, No, please? he says that, uh... Just, can I speak directly to my son? Hold the phone up to the radio. Uh, okay, sure, just a moment. Hey, Dad? Mikhail. What's going on? Honestly, Dad, there's so much happening. Folks are lying sick in bed. I'm just trying to help out. Nobody's telling me anything, and I don't know how long this is going to keep going on. Head back over here, and we'll figure it out. I'm not sure Dylan's fit to travel. Then can we come back for him once we know more? Oh, no, no, the air presumptive can't leave. Just my... Why not? Well, if the secretary's caught it, your kid may too. I'm 27. We can't bring whatever this is back to main territory. And what would happen if you got it, Chief? Until we get to the bottom of this, we need to call a quarantine. Quarantine? For how long? What? Mike, what did they say? Is that Tara? Tara, can I talk to you? Oh, that's my ear, sir. What's he saying? Give us a sec, Dad. Mikhail grows incredibly and unintelligibly quiet, talking to Tara. 
Luciana enters Logan's office, immediately anchoring the atmosphere to a cool simmer. Why is Dune crying in the hallway? Uh... Logan explains the situation in an incredibly broken sort of way. Mom? Mom, is that you? Hey, hon. Can I speak with Tara? Yes. Hey, Tara? Tara? Hello? Tara, it's Lucy. Thanks. Hey. Lucy, I don't know what to do. What did you do before coming in? Did Dylan have any contact with anybody, anything? Literally arrived, came into the botanical center, then Dylan went out to sit on a bench. If anything, he's had the least exposure, so if it's transmittable, that doesn't make sense. And how are you two feeling? We're fine. Right, Mike? Yep, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Uh, hold up. Tara looks at Mikhail with a complex blend of genuine concern and rage. No, sorry, I'm, I'm fine. It's just that Dylan did... He did do something that we didn't do. What? He nervously looks to Tara. Well, what? He ordered some coconut chips when we got here about an hour ago. Is he allergic? No, he had some back at the hall a few weeks ago, remember? Besides, it's the same symptoms as everyone else. It can't be that, but it's a good try. Oh. But it could be. Everyone on either end of the phone line, JC, Tara, Mikhail, Clarence, Luciana, and Logan Lyeth, come to the same conclusion at more or less the same time. And Gwenda, too. And it's Gwenda who has the resolve to storm into Mikhail and Tara's personal space and say, This does bear with the common symptoms of severe food poisoning, which can mean... The coconuts may be making folks in the causeway ill. What? That's not... that's impossible. Sadly not. A lot of our current patients mentioned eating slightly before showing symptoms. This isn't great, Lo. We don't know for certain. It's all speculation at this point. Even if it turns out not to be an issue, there's still the implication that we created a scenario in which this could happen. Not on purpose. Is anything ever... Oh, this. This sure sounds like a pickle. Not for the love of... Can we speak alone with Tara, please? Uh, sorry, Chief. Someone's got a hold of the radio. Just say it. Do you think that it could be the coconuts? She sure wouldn't like to think that, nor the implications of what that means for her, or Logan. Yet, her gut sure is screaming. I do. We need to shut everything down that's selling it. Immediately. Got on it. Wait. We don't know what we're dealing with. Or if it's all of them, or isolated. I have my apothecary kit. We could grab testers from everyone selling and test one by one until we find out what's going on. I can narrow it down to the contaminant. It would take a lot of trial and error. Not if we narrow down what it could be based on symptoms. It'd still take at least the night. That's a lot of coconuts. You'll have the time. Until we're entirely certain, I hate to say it, but we need to maintain the isolation. I respect that. You can stay with me. I got an extra room and a couch. Probably some overnight clothes I could let you borrow. Although they might be a little short on this guy. (laughs) Mikhail? You doing okay? They look to Mikhail, suddenly remembering he is here. The man is straight up astral projecting. He feels the familiar rise in his chest. The world threatens to spin. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yes, yeah. Like, overnight? Overnight? Yes. In and out and in and out. And hey, that folk over there looks like they need more water. Right, yes, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go over there. Hey, can I help with anything? At all? 
Come in. Dune rejoins his father, this time accompanied by an incredibly distressed Ellie. What's going on? Mikey and Dylan are dying? No, Dune, what did you tell her? What happened? I told her what- No one is dying, (laughs) though there is a quarantine in effect. How long are quarantine? It depends what the cause is. If it's food poisoning, it's an isolated incident, and they're fine. But if it's a transmitted illness- Oh, hey, Tara. Hey, if it's transmittable, there's no telling how long- How you doing? How long will be Do you still think you'll be able to make it to graduation? Is Mikey there? Mike is somewhere. I'm sorry, we just don't know. But- Folks are dying. Chill out. Has anyone died? No. That we know of. Tara, can you tell Mikey I love him so, 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 so much? Sure. That's a lot of so's, so maybe paraphrase. It's not like he's dying. Ellie's mind is spasmodically cycling through every past passive aggression against her older brother. She- Praise a silent prayer to the great they, that, if they all get back safe, she would redirect that aggression towards her middleest brother instead. Why do you have to be so... Shh, please. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but are we done? I need to get working. Uh, yeah. Whose walkie are you talking on, Tara? That would be mine. Who are you? I'm JC. Great. JC, give your walkie to Tara. If you need to phone me, just tell... Carl? Clarence, uh, actually my shift ends in a little bit, so... We'll pay you to sit there. Like, uh, sit right here? We will. Yep, we will. Well, okie dokie. Okay, we good? Wait, can I talk to Dylan? Mm. Uh, now's not a good time. Can you tell him, uh... Logan, Luciana, and Ellie wait for Dune to continue. To feel better. I'm sure it'll make all the difference, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, bye. Are you done? Bye. Love you. Bye, Mikey. Bye, Dill. And Tara. And JC. Oh, and Glinda. Bye. And me. And you. Yep. Bye. Are you yes. okay? I'll go with you to get the word around to the vendors and the dinins. They know me pretty well. Also, you'll need the extra hands to carry all the coconuts. Right. JC, why don't you come too? Amazing. Great. Bye, Dilly. I'll be back this evening. You'll be just fine. Mm. Tara approaches Mikhail, who is holed away towards the back of the sick room, sitting at a bedside. Mike, come on, let's go. I actually think I'm going to stay here. I want to help. Well, so do I. They have staff members for this. Not that many. There's a lot of sick folks, and even if it's just food poisoning, they're going to have to work through it. And I want to help make it a little easier. But we're going to go fix the problem, and that will help a whole lot. And being here would help a whole lot. It's not like I'm not doing anything. It's not like I'm not either. Okay, so you do that, and I'm going to go help Gwenda. Okay, and I'll be helping here. All right. All righty. A teeny bit tense, for all of the reasons. Tara sets off on her coconut quest. Rourke and Eller are right where we left them. Well, how's the university going, Eller? Fine. Do you want to work in the salt plant after you graduate? No. What do you want to do? Uh... That's alright. You still have plenty of time. Yeah. Any folk catching your eye at UV? Huh? Any folk you fancy, hmm? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah! That's so exciting! So happy for you, Eller. Thank you, thanks. Yeah, I really like them, and they really like me. A rare find. 
good for you. Yeah, good for me. What's their name? Alice. 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 They sound sweet. Sure. Hours have gone by, and Gwenda, Tara, and JC lug bags upon bags of the forbidden fruit back to the botanical center. Many volunteers have gone for the night. They find Mikhail sitting next to Dylan, who is sitting up, a bit alert and slightly more articulate. He smiles weakly for his mother. Hey, Dilly. How are you doing? A little better. Nothing has come out of him for an hour. That's a record. I'm still real ouchy, though, Mom. I'll bet. Let's get you another round of mint tea. But first, spit into this. What? It's for research. Uh, Tara, I talked to most of them. The most mentions were a food stand two houses down and the restaurant on the corner. None from the market. That actually really narrows it down. I should have thought about that beforehand. Would have saved some time. Wouldn't have actually. We should be checking all of our bases anyway. But it's good to have some clues. What's the plan from here? Gwen? I've got to run those two back to my house. Help them get settled in. Think you can keep an eye on Dilly? And everyone else? Sure. You coming back? Of course. You'll have company. Ugh, Gwenda is just so pretty, JC thinks. Tara, Mikhail, and Gwenda leave JC to the task of distributing copious amounts of tea to the ward and exit back onto the main road. The sun is going down. This allows the cloaked hoods to come down, too. And Tara gets to see the everyday faces of the causeway, milling about their day in spite of this more clearly. They acknowledge her this time. Perhaps the hair... Or perhaps the incredibly specific amount of coconuts carted between these three folks. The aura of urgency radiating from them keeps anyone from tarrying too long. At the very tip of the causeway rise, Gwenda's oval house teeters near the edge. Warm-toned, cluttered, and refreshingly cool, Gwenda kicks off her shoes and dumps her share of coconuts on the kitchen counter. Mikhail and Tara follow suit. Here we are. Honey, you home? Oh, new partner? Oh, no. Well, yes. She's amazing in all the ways, but is out of the territory. Honey is my cat. Cued by the call of their species, a mythically ancient cat, floofed in ginger hair, takes its time down the hall. Wow, how old are they? She's 22. She's huh? Tara snaps her hand back, worried that the smallest amount of pets would render this cat into dust. Don't worry. Honey's gonna live forever. Isn't that white, honey? Wow. Hmm, yeah. Coat hangers in the closet. I can run laundry tonight, so you can wear your own clothes tomorrow. I'll see what I have in my closet for you to sleep in. I really ought to head back in a minute. I feel so bad that Dylan has to stay there instead of here. Can I offer you anything? Hungry? I could snack. Anything in the fridge is fair game. Great. Do you have wine? Top cupboard. Great. Right, so, Tara, here's that dilly extract to compare with samples. I'm going to go now. Bye. Bye. So, what's this process kind of like? We're actually blending botanical and apothecarial techniques. Cool. I have offset solution in my bag, which basically creates a new baseline, meaning we know that Dylan ate coconut, so we factored that in, so it won't show a positive every time. If it's a chemical match... Meaning, if we find the same foreign contaminant, it'll turn another color. 
that color will tell us what kind of bug we're dealing with. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's above me too, but I trust you, Tara. Sounds great. Do you need any help? Nah, thanks. Oh, and I'll be in the kitchen most of the night, so I can take the couch. Oh, no, it's okay. I'd be happy to take the couch. It doesn't look very comfy. And and I won't be doing much sleeping, so it checks out. Just take the room, Mike. Okay. Tara shovels some shredded cheese into her mouth before putting on gloves. Mikhail peels out of the kitchen with a generous wine pour, and Tara works. It's repetitive, simple. She works and thinks about what she's working on instead of thinking about why she's working on this. That sounds more difficult. One by one, the restaurants come out clear. How's it going? Fine. No, that wasn't. This one is green. Bulbous. No angles or lines, just sphericality and softness. Odd, odd softness. It floats above the floor. Just enough to keep off the carpet across from Tara, a good few feet away. It watches her as she continues to work. Her skin crawls, but she continues with her task, carefully watching as her hands autopilot on mixtures and comparisons. It watches her for a moment more. Tara is suddenly struck with the notion that it is waiting for her to speak. Hello. Hello. Do you know me? What do you mean? Have we met before? <laughs> ah, you're asking if we're all the same. Are you? No. Yet, I do know you. I know you all. Well, that seems fairly presumptuous. <laughs> Tara continues pouring solutions into cups and bowls, eyeing the green lore every now and then, noting its minimal movement. It watches her for a bit. Was this you? No. All right. Do you believe that something sinister is going on, or are you just avoiding the concept that you made a mistake? You obviously have an opinion, so you tell me. It couldn't have been on me. I think you're guilty. That I am guilty, or that I feel guilty? There isn't a difference. Hmm. Logan sits in his room, staring out the window. Behind him, we can see the low-lit blue glow of the lore of Wyeth Hall. It watches Logan as Logan thinks. I couldn't have known. I mean, of course, there's always more measures that could have been taken, but I was attempting to help. Leading requires risk. Its head tilts. It did affect the causeway first, sure. But it wasn't a prejudice against them. I wasn't using them as a testing ground for us. I mean, Valis. I mean, Central Valis. The coconuts have been good up until this point. I have no control in this situation. The lore touches its hand to the light and dims the bulb. I did. I guess a small part of me did want to see what would happen before I regulated it for main territory use. The bulb brightens again. Your staff is missing. I think we've established by now that you, with or without it, doesn't make that much of a difference. When it's fixed... You'll still be under-equipped. And afraid. I've had consequences to my actions all my life. And many times I've deserved them. But I cannot take responsibility for this. And fear isn't helpful to the causeway now, right? Why are you here? Right now? 
to get to know the new prophet. Yet you come to me with assumptions. Dangerous ones. Yes, I suppose you are dangerous. Just not to us. This is a problem that you caused in the first place. That vendor was already doing this for months before any of us found out about it. This is your fault. You need to face the consequences. Mikhail passes by Tara and waves. The lore recoils at this. Goliath. Hey, uh, Tara? Tell him to go away. Yeah? I'm just, I'm gonna shower. Do you need the bathroom? Don't leave. We're not done. No, I'm good. Uh, I wanted well, to... Well, I'm... Sorry. I don't know. Are you busy? I, you seem busy. I can just... Uh, Tara looks at the lore, who impatiently watches her back. A decision is made. She turns her full attention to Mikhail, and our little green fellow doesn't like that at all. Nope. Not at all. What's up? I just wanted to apologize about earlier when you wanted to leave and I didn't, and I feel like that whole phone call made us all a little tense, and I just... I wasn't trying to invalidate you or anything. I was really anxious. Well, am normally, all the time. But I just like being more busier than not in a stressful situation. It helps me out even when I'm focusing on something grounding, like switching barf buckets, I guess. But you are being helpful, and what you're doing is important. Okay. So, thank you. Thank you. And then say goodbye. I was honestly really stressed in the moment. I didn't mean to invalidate you either. This may surprise you, but I don't like not knowing what's going on. What? That's wild. (laughs) Right. Thanks for asking around while tending to everyone. It was a good idea. Really helpful. This is pretty. How are you doing now? A part of me really doesn't want to find anything because it means that I let this happen in the first place and that feels shitty. Guilty. Guilty. Because you yeah. are. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yet, you couldn't have known. This is as much on my dad and the salt distributions and the vendor and anyone else involved. <sighs> Fuck. And Willow. They're going to be in trouble with the guardianship. Mm. <laughs> I just don't even know what I could have done differently. I felt like I was doing the right thing. Just because this happened now doesn't make it a wrong thing. It's just the thing that happens. And we really don't have much control over when, how, or why. That's gross. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I can try to help now. I have that choice. Yeah. I should keep working. Totally. Night, Tara. Mikhail smiles, tiredly raises his dwindling glass of wine, and shuts the door behind him. The lore has left Tara at some point within that. She is once again alone. Okay. Okay. You got this? I got this. Nice. Ah, here they are still. May I confide in you about something? One partnered fellow to another? Thanks. It's just... She's never said I love you. Rip, dude. Has Alice said it to you? No, but I'm sure it's implied. How? Well, for one thing, we... You know? I... I I don't know. Oh, you know. Oh! Lol. I I do know. But... uh, Wait, wait. Hmm? But she doesn't love you. You think? Yeah, I know, so why... The train lulls to a stop. 
They are intercepted at the door by Clarence. Oh, uh, shit. Eller, uh, Rourke, did the transmission not get through? Hello, Clarence! What transmission? Uh, folks are getting sick and we've got to rule out infection. <laughs> I need you to stay in, in the train car. Are you fucking serious? It's for your own protection. <laughs> oh, well, what can you do? <gasps> Thanks for walking me home, Jace. My pleasure. See you tomorrow? Well, later today. Now, yes. <laughs> Catch you then. Oh, bye, Prophet. Bye, Jace. Gwenda joins Tara in the living room, plopping onto the couch. Tara drops a vial and takes this opportunity to furiously rub at her tired eyes. How is it going? I'm carrying on. Which is that? What? Gwenda points to the solutions. That's a match. Tara looks down and finds that it is indeed a match. The liquids turn the same dismal gray. Huh. What's gray mean? Uh, pesticides. Like, for bugs? Maybe they just weren't washed properly. No, if it's making someone this sick, it's a heavily concentrated amount. And coconuts have a rough exterior for a reason. The chemicals just wouldn't leak in this heavily. Like it was added once they got here? Exactly. Let's call the miners up so Logan knows. No, we need to keep everyone here. Someone had to have done this. On purpose. Someone's poisoning folks. Why? Hello, unfired clay jars. I am Hope Bellinger, director and producer of Average Folks. Thank you for listening to this episode. Introducing Shannon Keene as JC, Jonathan Billington as Kells. Sound design and mixing by Luke DeLorenzo. Original music composed by Liam Greenlee. We're going to list some VIFs, very important folks, that have made this adventure possible. Cameron Kisling, Day Thomas, Kayla Nickerson, Corey Patton, Sarah Fulton, Ali Schluchter, David Shelby, Lizard Sherbert, Dave and Ray, Austin R. Norton, Madeline McGowan, Kristen Simi. A big thank you to Rogue Media Network for all of their support. For updates and overall great vibes, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Average Folks Official. For further exploration, artwork, and merch, check out our website, average-folks.com. To contact us, email us at averagefolksofficial at gmail.com. Catch you next week, folks. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. <laughs>